Welcome to the Pure Creative Force Podcast. I'm Christy McNabb, your host. There's a pulse of creativity running through each of us. It's our job to honor and activate it. Creativity is the antidote to the ills, struggles, and challenges we see in our lives and the world around us. The act of creating and bringing forth something new dissolves the old and useless ways. Join us and discover how to unleash the pure creative force within. Hear from fellow creators about their process and learn how to keep elevated. Be inspired to go create. In today's episode, I interview Alex Shade, president of First Generation, an integrative marketing firm with headquarters in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Listen to our conversation where we talk about what it takes to run a creative business, the balance between managing the business and being creative, how to delight your clients, and how to consistently keep yourself inspired. Here's our interview. So welcome to the Pure Creative Force podcast, Alex. We're so happy to have you with us. Thanks so much. I'm I'm thrilled to be here. So in this podcast series, we're celebrating creators and the pure creative force that comes through us to make transformational change in business, to better serve our clients, our communities, and our lives. So as president of First Generation, you're running an integrative marketing firm, a creative business. How do you define creativity? That's a great question, but I think creativity is almost undefinable. Um, It's one of those things that is constantly changing. You're constantly in a learning process. And at the end of the day, I think it comes down to something that inspires you. And if you're inspired and excited about it, then it's creative. So tell us a little bit about your process at First Generation when it comes to, you know, just the whole creative process when you're working with a client and kind of creating that inspiration and making something new. Talk to us a little bit about that process and and how the creative flow happens. Well, I think it all starts with a need. Clients come to us because they have some sort of a need. And in order to get down to the specifics of what that need is and what's going to fulfill that need, it all starts with the communication. And I think I'll I'll probably say that many, many times during this interview, but communication and finding out what they need and why they need it are the sparks of creativity. And that's what we always do with our clients. We have a project start meeting where we really try to take a deepest dive as we can into what the problem or the challenge is and how we can face that challenge and how we can answer that challenge. I I think the other thing that's really, really important is your clients have to value what that creative is and they have to value what that answer is. And have you ever had situations where, 
you know, during that first meeting, they don't even, or they're not clear on their need or what their need is, or is that something oh, yeah. that's just a given? Okay. <laughs> and, and how do you, how do you oh, yes. peel the onion and help them get to there? <laughs> well, we try to ask a series of very targeted questions because it's sort of, uh, you, you know, you've, you've heard, I, I'm sure that, uh, that people listening have heard people that have problems that, that, you know, I don't know what the answer is. All I know is that what we're doing now is wrong. So you really have to peel the onion to find out why what they're doing now is wrong and what could be the right answer. But, you know, they don't know that. And that's why they're coming to you. So you have to understand that, too. You know, if they knew what the right answer was, they wouldn't need you to begin with. So, you know, a lot of times creative gets, gets frustrated because the client can't properly articulate what the problem is or what they think the solution is. But really, you have to, you have to understand that that's what your job is. They're coming to you with a problem. They need a solution. But you need to find out the proper information from them in order to give them the right solution. Mm-hmm. And asking pointed questions about the audience. Who is the audience? What are you looking to gain from this? How do you think your product benefits this audience? Very specific questions will help them and help you to really sort of write a story about whatever the challenge is. And it's not always a product. It could be anything. It could be a a customer service issue. It could be an internal issue. It could be some other piece of information that they want to communicate. So, so whatever that challenge is, it's really your job as a creative agency to try to get these answers out of your clients. And they, they might not know until you do ask those specific questions. Mm Mm-hmm. So once you do your sleuthing and really kind of getting to the core of the challenge, the need, and what the, the client wants to move forward, I'm sure there's been times when as you're delivering, whether it's ads or print material, online material, kind of the, the deliverables you have, where your idea of creativity and the clients don't meet at the same place. And how, how do you approach those situations? <laughs> that uh, is a very common, uh, common issue, too. And the other thing about creativity is it's subjective. And because it's subjective, somebody right next to you can completely hate something and you can love it and you do not understand why this person loves it and you hate it. There's a, there's a lot of things that go into trying to convince the client to sort of come around to what you and your agency believes is the right answer. One of those things are just statistics and research. If you back your ideas up with some concrete statistics and research, it's hard for them to say no. That's another reason that they come to you. Now, they might not personally like it or think it's the way to go, but, you know, if we have told them that, hey, you know, girls 10 to 15 like this, they they like this and they understand this, and this is the way that you need to communicate with them, it's very hard for them to counteract that argument. 
I think statistics and research is really important. I think examples are really important. And I also think that a defense, a passionate defense of your ideas is also really important. How you came to that conclusion. And that's something that I think uh, creatives, uh, you know, our, our designers and, and things like that, they don't, I think, although they know how they came to that conclusion, it's hard for them to sort of defend their ideas. And I think once you defend your idea and once you, once, once the client really understands that more often than not, they're going to change their mind. There's always going to be these clients that no matter how many times you show it to them, they hate the color purple and nothing is going to change their mind. (laughs) Um, And you know, and that's okay. That's okay. Cause that's the type of business that we're in. You know, we, we can, they come to us for a certain service and we provide them that service and we defend our ideas. But at the end of the day, if they hate the color purple, you're going to have to change it to light blue. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, the team is constantly challenged, right brain, left brain, managing the client, mm-hmm. kind of getting to mm-hmm. the core of the need and being, you know, out of the box creative. Talk to us a little bit about the methods and the way that you can turn one side off, turn the other on. Like, how do you manage that as a, as a creative? You have to compartmentalize a lot of things. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that is, uh, that's, a, I think, a really key to a key to running a successful small business that that is in the creative business. You really, you don't want to limit your creative team on ideas and things like that because you, you you know, you don't want to put them in a box. But on the other hand, you have to work with the budget that you're given. And I always say that if you can be, if you can be creative with a hundred thousand dollar budget, okay, that's great. You know, you, I'm sure you can think of some really wild and crazy ideas, but if you can be just as creative without a thousand dollar budget, then that is really a key to, to creativity right there. You know, understanding that you don't want to limit yourself, but you want to understand that, you know, you can be just as creative with a thousand dollar budget. People just need to open their eyes a little bit and, and think about it. And the client needs to understand that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point, especially, you know, for listeners who might be in small businesses, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's the, the larger the budget doesn't mean more creative. It's how, no, it doesn't. <laughs> how willing are your, your partners, you know, kind of digging in deep to what your needs and, and challenges are. Right, right. So, exactly. And really, really getting to know what those needs and challenges are. And then, and then understanding, well, you know, this is, this is a small business as well. They only have this much money. Let's see what we can do to make the biggest impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can be a motivational challenge too for the team. <laughs> it, yeah, it can. It can. <laughs> So tell us a little, you've got your creative designers on one side of the, the shop, and then on the other side, you've got the account managers. So there's different skill sets. How do you encourage um, both sides to work together to kind of honor each other and their, their different skill sets? Is that an easy job? Is that you know, something you work on constantly? 
That's a great question. And, and what I always say is I, I feel like the account team and the creative team are the circle of life. <laughs> both are needed. You know, both are, are extremely important. And you really, you can't build a strong business without one or the other. And they need to understand that too. Um, you know, a lot of times, especially when you have agencies that are, that are big, they sort of work in silos and they don't understand what challenges the other side has. And I think if you, if you try to get them together and have them communicate as much as they can, even in, in um, informal settings, so that they really understand that, you know, everyone that works in this business uh, has challenges. And if you're a little more sympathetic and empathetic to those challenges, I think you can, you can work much better um, with your counterparts. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have, you know, the account team has a job to do and, and so does the creative team. And, you know, if the account team wasn't there, the creative team wouldn't have work. And, you know, it, it certainly goes the other way around as well. So if you get those two teams together and have them communicate a lot, I think, I think that really helps. And, And they, they can see the challenges on both sides. Mm-hmm. So that's internally working together. And then, you know, obviously the client relationship is the foundation for everything that you do. How do you coach the team members to honor that relationship and to build the trust there and to have the patience? That is something that we drill into people that work here, no matter, no matter who they are, how important the customer service and the client relationship is. I, you know, I, to me, our relationships with our clients are absolutely sacred. And they're sacred because we've had a lot of clients for 20 years or more. And throughout that time, maybe the players within the organizations have changed, but they will continue to keep using us and keep taking chances on us because they trust services that we provide. They trust what we're bringing to them and they trust that, you know, whatever it is that we're doing, that we're going to do it right. I think within the creative circles and within advertising agencies and marketing firms and, and just, you know, creative brand firms, you're selling something that doesn't exist. It's really one of the hardest things that you can sell. You can't guarantee them that it's going to look exactly like the paperclip that you brought them. You can show them examples of your past work, but whatever you're creating is custom and it doesn't exist yet. So it's complete air. So they are taking a major chance on you. They are taking a chance that whatever it is that you create for them, they're going to love, their boss is going to love, their audience is going to love. And and right now it's nothing. So that relationship is really the core to, to building whatever it is that you're building. If you don't have the relationship and if people don't trust you, it's, it's very hard to create something that in the end, everyone is, is going to really be pleased with and like. Mm-hmm. And what are like the, the top two traits or characteristics to building that relationship? Like what, how do you do that? I think you do that through through an open line of communication, through keeping putting them at ease 
it's really important too, especially when you're dealing with a new client. Because again, you know, they're taking a chance on you. Once you gain that trust uh, from a client, you never want to um, enable them to take that trust away. Mm-hmm. So that means that, as, as I always say, you know, every job could be your last job. So you want to make sure that every single project and every single job counts. And as long as you keep delivering for that client, they will trust you. They will trust you with a lot because it takes a long time to get to that point. And once you get to that point, you're lucky to have that client and you should, you should continuously remember that and really treat that relationship as a sacred thing. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned um, having an open line of communication and mm-hmm. making sure they're always at ease. Tell us a little bit about yeah. you know, how so, you I, that line. You know, yeah, I, I think the other thing that's really important there, and, and the, uh, especially with communication, is for the most part, people don't like confrontation. And clients, uh, in general, don't like confrontation. So if they're unhappy with something for some reason, and you don't have that sort of close relationship or that trust, it's easier for them if they just leave the relationship. It's really, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to have this confrontation. Maybe I'll just go somewhere else and try something else. Mm. So if you don't have that relationship and you're, and you're sort of giving the client an easy out, you're, you're missing out. And, you know, it's, it's really a, a, a terrible opportunity that you missed. So in order to do that, you have to constantly be communicating. You have to constantly be making sure that they understand, you know, what they're, what they're being given, that they're happy with it, that if they want to make changes, that you're happy to make them. And if there are any issues, big or small, that they come to you with them right away. And the only, the only way that they're going to do that is that really if they trust you and you have that close relationship. Mm-hmm. And even in it, if it's a newer relationship and, and one that's maybe not built over time, but you've got to be a mind reader. So if you know oh, yeah. they're unhappy, <laughs> you go there. Just like, okay, we're not happy. Yes. How, how do we turn yes. this around? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes and, and that, that's a honest, great point, Christy. Sometimes just being honest and being able to go there, like, you're, you know, I understand you're not happy. That could open up a whole new well, first of all, a whole new area of trust, but then, okay, well, let's figure out what needs to be done and maybe we need to shift a little. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. That's a a great point. You do need to read people and, uh, you know, sometimes unhappiness can present itself extremely subtly. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you you need to you need to understand when those cues might come up and really address it at the at the point because it can snowball and and something that that you might have thought was was innocent or was just a little blip on the screen could be considered something big to them. Mm-hmm. And that's why face to face meetings are so important, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think that face to face meetings are are critical. And, you know, I know that 
Now, in the age of technology, uh, a lot of people don't think that they're needed, but uh, we still feel that they're, they're extremely important. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to, especially with the popularity of email communications, e- email is so much easier, it's so much quicker, it saves everyone a ton of time. I mean, I, I love emailing too, but you miss all of the human communication nuances uh, in an email. And you're not going to, you're just not going to pick those things up unless you meet face to face. So first generation's been in business for over 20 years. How have you seen shifts in how you view, view creativity, how your clients view. Talk to me a little bit about um, kind of where you began and, and what creativity looks like now. Well, it has changed immensely. It, it looks a lot different. And I, I think it looks a lot different because it's everywhere now. Everyone has a vehicle for creativity. Mm-hmm. It's easily accessible. You see it all over the internet all the time. You don't necessarily have to have the ways or the means to be creative anymore like you used to. And um, that's a great thing. It can be a negative thing too, though. Just like when desktop publishing first started and when, you know, everybody got Photoshop, just because you have the tools doesn't (laughs) necessarily mean that you can create these things. And, you know, unfortunately, because all of these tools are so accessible now, you do see a lot of junk out there that just isn't worth it. Now, on the other hand, because they're so accessible, anyone can be creative. And sometimes there's some, some fabulous things that come, come out of that. But there's a, I, I think there's a lot more to being creative than just the tools or, or you know, how many followers you have on YouTube or Instagram, especially in, in this business where people are, are paying us for our ideas that uh, back to that research and the statistics and the background, all of that stuff is, is really important and it takes a lot of time and effort to do that. As long as your client will value that, then you're, then you're good. If they put no value on creativity and they put no value on that, you're, you're going to have trouble. Mm-hmm. So knowing that part or knowing that your process is really understanding a client problem and coming with a solution, can you share with us over the years how your team has really helped shift the needle for a client, whether it's with their consumer base or whether it's shifting public opinion or more of like a public education campaign? Are there any really great examples mm-hmm. you can share with us? Mm-hmm. Sure. I thought of an example as I was going over these questions. And uh, one of them is we create a web video series for Crayola called CIY or Create It Yourself. Mm -hmm. And this is a craft video series. We produce one of these videos a week, sometimes in in high craft season like Christmas. Uh, We might produce one a day. They place them out on social media, on their Facebook page, on their YouTube page, on the Crayola website, and they're extremely successful and they get hundreds and thousands of views. However, 
when we first came up with them, it was sort of it was sort of hard to sell them the idea because because basically it was it's a public service for their for their audience and for their customers. And because of that, they were going to pay a lot of money and weren't really sure what they were going to get in return. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't a situation where you're creating an advertisement for a specific product and that person is watching that advertisement and then going out to the store and buying the product. This was more of uh, really more public service and and more about building their brand and building things that they could do that their that their customers could do with the brand. So they had to make a big investment in this. And the other thing they had to do was continuously create new content. So we worked in conjunction with their creative team. They have a really fabulous creative team there that does a lot with with social media. They understand crafts. They understand uh, creativity itself and how to use their products. So they were challenged with coming up with these crafts that we could produce every single week. And we were challenged with shooting them and spitting them out and editing them and, you know, having having new content every single week. And it really picked up on the internet. You know, as I mentioned, um, they get hundreds of thousands of likes and shares from this. And what also happened from it, which was sort of interesting, is these videos became so popular that they actually became a revenue stream. And craft uh, retail stores introduced end caps in their stores that had, you know, this week's CIY, and then they would have all of the particular uh, products that you needed to produce the craft. So it really helped boost their sales in ways that they had no idea it was going to help. So it's really a, a great success story for them. Yeah, I was going to say the whole create it yourself, it's first of all empowering and it's, you know, getting to the the focus of this podcast. It's like everybody has creativity in them, whether they believe it or not. And, you know, if I have a, a pack of Crayola crayons, like I think I can make a masterpiece, even though I'm drawing stick figures, there's something about the experience with being empowered with the product. So I think that that's a fabulous idea. And that's why. Oh, yeah. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and, it, and it's really, and it's still successful, you know, to this day, we continue to do them. And it's just been a, a great partnership with, uh, for us and, and a great opportunity for Crayola. Hmm, great. Thank you. When you hear the words pure creative force, what does that mean to you? How does it resonate? And how do you experience that? You know, I was thinking about that. And that's, a, a really interesting way to approach creativity because it's almost like you're propelling creativity fo- forward. It, it sounds like a very active word, which it should be because creativity could, should be constantly changing and it should be um, active. So, you know, I love that that's the name of your podcast because it, it, it really uh, explains the action of creativity. It, it's something that is very active. It, you know, it should be evolving. It should be changing. And it also should be a force 
to help you go further wherever you're going in life, you know, whether it is, whether you're creating a product or you're selling a product or, uh, you know, you're selling yourself, that force is just a very powerful word. So, you know, to me, it means propelling yourself into the future. Mm. And I I like that definition because also, you know, force, it could be just holding the container. So maybe it's not the action forward, but allowing something to kind of sit and marinate because that's, that's all part of the creative process also, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. It certainly is. You, you you definitely want to walk away. I mean, I think one of the questions that, um, that, you know, you had, you had asked was how do you, um, how do you challenge your, your creative team? I mean, they can't, you can't just command them to think of something funny or command them <laughs> to, you know, <laughs> to, to draw something on the spot. So, you know, you, you do have to inspire them. And it, you know, it, it is something that takes a long time. Uh, it, it takes a long time to come up with a, a, a great line. And people don't always understand that, you know, even if it's three words, those three words could have taken weeks to come up with. So inspiration is really key. Um, you know, a lot of different things that we do to inspire our team. We always welcome any kind of training or learning that they want. I think, you know, in this industry, it's constantly changing. So you constantly have to be learned, you know, learn and, and train on new things. I think the combination of sort of traditional and modern technology, if you can understand that and you, you can understand how they fit together, that's, that's really key. And I think also just, you know, as far as inspiration, taking yourself out of your environment and experiencing a different environment really helps you to, to think clearly and, and also look at things in a different way. And that could be something as simple as deciding maybe, you know, you need to take the afternoon off and go to a baseball game, or you need to have a meeting in a park, or you need to take your team out to lunch, or it can be something as simple as just leaving your office and walking around the block. Uh, That can really help to clear your head and and sort of change your perspective as well. Mm. Yeah, getting out of the intellect and sometimes getting physically into your body or physically, you know, turning all of your senses on to the environment around you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It can really, it can really change your perspective and have you come in, you know, with a a fresh head and, and new fresh ideas. How has failure been a driver and a teacher for you and the team? You know what? Failure has been a great driver and a teacher, I have to say. <laughs> it, really, it really has. I think you have to learn from every single mistake you make, no matter how small it is. I try to learn from every single thing and learn why I'm not going to make that same mistake. Taking chances is completely okay. And everybody should understand that and not have any fear of ch- taking chances. But when I turn off, turn on my left brain and the business side of me and the fact that I have to run this business, the chances can't be crazy. (laughs) They they really have to be sort of well thought out chances. It might not work. Whatever you want to take a chance on, it might not work. That's okay. It's okay. 
but you do have to really prerequisite them before you take that chance and, and really weigh the pluses and the minuses and decide whether or not it, you know, whether or not you should do that. But my other piece of advice would be don't hide with, from your mistakes because no matter what, up, what, what happens, they will catch up with you. They will catch up with you eventually. It might not be in a week. It could be in a year, but they will always, always catch up with you. So if you do make a mistake, if you do have a failure, if you do lose a client, take that opportunity, learn from your mistakes, don't dwell on them, move on and understand that there's another opportunity around the corner. And hopefully you won't make the same mistakes that you did in the last one. Mm, well said. What are you most proud of creating? You know, I, I looked at that question and I was thinking, what am I most proud of creating? And I have to say that I think I'm most proud of building this business. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I have been here for more than 25 years. Um, the business has evolved immensely since we started the business. And it's changed and we've had our ups and we've had our downs and, and we've been able to change and evolve with technology and, and with sort of the ebbs and flows of creativity. And I, I'm really proud of it. I, you know, it's a hard business to stay in. And, you know, I know, you know, you knew that, Christy, from your, from your past uh, <laughs> lives. And not everybody makes it. And there's usually some certain factors of why you, you don't make it either you grow too fast or you're cutting your prices too much, which I see a lot, <laughs> or you don't understand that it's not all creativity. It's, it's a business that you have to form and you really have to keep that in mind when you're, when you're um, starting a, a marketing business or, or an advertising agency. But, I think really the thing I'm most proud of is, is this business. Great. What three pieces of advice can you share with someone, a listener who's managing a communications business, creative business? Oh, okay. So I have, I think I have three great pieces of advice here that, you know, hopefully I, I wish I would have listened to when I was 25 years younger. <laughs> Talking to your younger <laughs> self now. <laughs> yes. Yes. So my first one would be delight your customer always, always, always 100% delight your customer. Make sure that your customer is thrilled. I, I can't impress about how important that is. There's a lot of competition out there. There are, there, as I always say, there's tigers at the gate all the time and you have to constantly watch that. And if you're not delighting your customer each and every single time, they're going to get distracted and stray. So um, I think that's, that's number one. Number two, and I mentioned this before, but I think this is really important. If you make mistakes, and you will, don't dwell on them. Just learn from them and move on. You can't get completely discouraged if you lose a client because there will be another opportunity and you have to understand that and you have to, you have to really have the confidence to go out there and, and, and know that there's going to be another opportunity. 
And then the third piece of advice would be don't burn any bridges. Mm. You never know where that client or that employee is going to land in your life. And if something happens with an employee or, or with a client, try not to take it personally and don't burn any bridges because they'll be back. They'll be back in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Great advice. Thank you. So if we have uh, communication managers, marketing managers, even event planners listening, how can they get in touch with you or find out more about what first generation could do for their teams and companies? Oh, absolutely. I would love for anybody to get in touch with us. Our website is www.firstgencom.com. So that's F-I-R-S-T-G-E-N-C-O-M dot C-O-M. And you can get in touch with me directly. My email address is ashade, A-S-H-A-D-E, at firstgencom.com. Dot com, which is F-I-R-S-T-G-E-N-C-O-M dot C-O-M. Please, you know, we'd, we'd love for you to look at our website and check it out. And uh, if, if anyone is interested in finding out more about us or finding out what it's like to work at our agency, please uh, don't hesitate to contact me. Thank you, Alex, for your wisdom and insights and for joining us on the Pure Creative Force podcast. Thanks for joining us on the Pure Creative Force. Be inspired and go create something new today. And if you enjoy the captivating mantra music, check out our featured musical artist, Osley. That's O-S-L-E-E underscore music on Instagram.